Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment and visit our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You'll find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started. My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. Once again, we are coming to you from my sumptuous Las Vegas balcony. One of the beautiful things about the Business Creators Radio Show is we take sort of a from-the-field perspective. As a listener, we want you to feel like you're sitting in on a private mastermind with your pad of paper and two pens out, capturing those aha moments that will move your business forward and give you that slight edge. One of our very popular topics, I almost said popular topics here on Business Creators Radio, has to do with branding whether it's your corporate brand, your business brand, your startup brand, or your personal brand. And that's what today's gonna be about, leveling up with your personal brand. And do we have a treat for you? Our guest today is Claire Vaughn. She's a personal brand strategist and the CEO and co-founder of the eponymously named Claire Vaughn Group. She's been helping high achieving entrepreneurs, investors, founders, and executives create their best personal brand for over 10 years. As an entrepreneur with an influencer with over 70,000 followers on social media, she has learned the importance of creating and maintaining your personal brand. She helps entrepreneurs leverage your personal brand to develop the authority, influence, and trust that they need to exceed their business goals. We have the need to exceed. And with that, Claire Bond, come on in. The weather's fine. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Adam. I'm so happy to be here. We're going to have a blast. And let's kick it off. Before okay. we get into some of the topics that you want us to share, what we like to do here is have you tell us in your own words a bit about your journey and what's inspired you to serve business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion as you do today. Um, well, I, you know, I feel like so many things have kind of come into my path and that's kind of how I got here today. So um, I started working in New York, working for Fortune 500 companies. I did marketing and branding. Um, And then I really, I always wanted to go into acting. Um, So I decided, you know what, no time like the present, you got to do it. And so um, I decided to to do that um, kind of on the side and what I lacked in acting experience I had in marketing and branding um, experience and expertise. So I knew how to build my website, create all my social um, profiles, and basically kind of brand myself so that when a casting director saw a photo, um, saw my reel, they would say, oh, I know what part Claire is perfect for. And then um, from there, I started having other actors come up to me and saying, hey, I really like what you're doing. Can you do it for me? Um, and then it kind of built from there. Um, I then met my co-founder for another business, um, Online Profile Pros, where we branded people for LinkedIn, or we still do, for LinkedIn and online dating. I'm sorry, yeah. And um, basically that kind of led to where I am now because while I was in the process of getting funding for Online Profile Pros, I met um, Jason Calacanis and I was on his podcast and he said, you know what, you need to brand um, executives and people like that. <laughs> so and my very first um, client was an angel investor. So things just kind of happened and I, you know, I just kind of went with it. And that's kind of how um, I got here today. You know, you, there's a few things I want to pull out here. Uh, these may seem somewhat random, but did I just hear you say you learned to code? No, 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 not code. I mean, well, I mean, if you call WordPress development code. That's exactly, I mean, that's exactly what I meant, actually. Okay, yeah, I, I do know how to do that. I built many websites um, just because sometimes waiting on developers and come on, let's get a collective eye roll. Um, not to put, to put down all the developers, but there are some out there that just take forever um, and the price just escalates that I had to learn how to do a lot of it on my own because I was like, you know what? <laughs> 
So a lot of stuff that I learned how to do and get where I am is because, um, unfortunately, there are people that tell you they have this expertise and then you find out they don't. So right. um, me and my co-founder were just like, okay, you know what? These guys say they're an expert in SEO and these kind of things, but we found out they're not. So we're going to go get the training we need to train ourselves and our team how to do it so that when someone we need to do it, we are. So it's, I, we literally do everything for ourselves and other people, you know, see it, recognize it and say, you know what, you really are an expert because I can see the traction and the things that you're doing for yourself. So, it, you know, that's how we do it. I don't say I'm an expert when I'm not. I literally I do everything I say that, that other people should do. Practice what I preach, I guess. Yeah. And that, that is kind of a thing. I used to own a web development firm. And let me tell you, I know what it looks like from the other side of the, well, it just seems to take forever, the collective mm -hmm. eye roll. So yes. let me just, let me just replay a script that shows up a hundred page, hundred times in my diary. Okay. You know, we hired you six months ago and you told us you'd have the website done in six weeks and I still don't have a website. What the hell is taking so long? And then there's my reply. Well, on this date, 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 and this date, you also you, on all those dates, you said that you were going to deliver me the information that I needed, you know, like your content and approval on concepts, these types yeah. of things, in order to move the project forward. And all those dates came and gone with nothing from you and no response to the follow-up. Right. And by the time you get done with these relationships, it's like a mutual loathing. It goes from a love fest to... Uh, the client can't wait to be done with you so they never hire you again. And yeah. you can't wait for the project to be done so you can pretend the client never happened. Yeah. And that's no, and, I've and, seen and we're that not... from the same so yeah. from the other the other side too. Yeah. Uh -huh. I mean, yep. We we do some you know build websites or um kind of manage that aspect on our end too for some of our clients. And yeah, sometimes right. you're just like, it shouldn't be taking this long to do a five-page personal branding website. Um, right. they, they get so caught up in, is this photo? Okay. I need to sh Photoshop <laughs> everything. Are these yeah. the right words that I want to say? And, and one of the biggest things that I tell everybody, um, when I do, I do a free masterclass, um, I do a lot of free content on YouTube and everything. And I always say, do not get stuck in analysis paralysis because you won't do anything. Right. Correct. Uh, you know, we had a client, God love this person. And they went through the whole thing of working with a branding agency to create their logo and their color swatch, which had this certain shade of purple. <laughs> so uh, they became our clients and we created their WordPress masterpiece. And we made sure to use that exact same shade of purple in the WordPress configuration. We made sure to use the exact hex code that was on the branding sheet that was developed by their branding agency. Copy pasted it. Mm -hmm. And they swore that we were not using the right purple. So using Camtasia, I documented the settings. I showed the source code. I pulled up the CSS file. I even went so far as to demonstrate myself doing screenshots in the eyedropper thing using Photoshop to demonstrate that yes, this is your shade of purple. Uh, they went so far as to hire another agency to tell us how to clone purple because we didn't know how to do it. Do you want to yeah. know what the problem was? Their screens. Their Very monitors. good. Very <laughs> good. Uh, throughout all of this, I had suggested that they go look at their own website on their spouse's computer. Mm -hmm. They didn't do that. By the time this was done, I even had the spouse telling them to just knock it off already and accept mm -hmm. that that was the correct shade of purple. Yeah. It's not that it's not that often you get the spouse working with you to persuade your client. Usually it's the other way around. Right. That's funny. Yeah. You yeah. know, sometimes it's it's sometimes client work can be very difficult. Um, and, you know, yeah, we, we I mean, so when we bring on a client, we have the contract. And yeah, if they hold things up, it's in the contract that we obviously, if there's problems with creating the, creating the deliverables, deliverables, because something is holding up the process on their end, that is out of our control. Right. Um, usually we don't have an issue with them, you know, doing it. Cause we're usually on it going like, we need to just push it live. Can we just do it now? I know that you're not satisfied with the lingo. You can, you know, the words, you can change it at any time. Like no one cares when we push the site live at first. Cause it's not like everyone's going to come to it. Like, you know, it's just like, right. 
this whole thing. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a delicate balance sometimes dealing with, um, dealing with individuals. And I, I definitely feel like I, I don't, you know, I try to use my gut when uh -huh. I'm dealing with somebody. I'm like, is this a client that I do want to take on? Because sometimes you can get a feeling like, I don't know that this is going to be the yep. best relationship. Nothing wrong with them, but you know, I mean, I, um, I was actually talking to somebody about like, you know, should, should you retweet or, um, you know, like in, in LinkedIn, a competitor of, of, you know, my services. And I'm, and I started thinking about it because I was telling one of my colleagues that does some of the um, engagement on my, my account, don't do that. And I thought to myself, you know what, they share good information. And I don't think the same person would want to work with me that would want to work with them. Correct. And that's, fine. And I think that, that, so when you think about bringing on a client and you just say, Hey, you know, we all, I mean, we obviously all want the money, but if it's not going to be a good fit, sometimes you just need to go with that gut feeling because there's just something that may be off and it, it's just, you know, not everyone gets along. Right. I mean, it's why you, you, relationships don't always work. It's just, sometimes there's just something that's not working. Yeah. And you <laughs> and know, sometimes you have an indicator of that early on. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you went exactly where I was planning to go in this stage of our little anecdotal ground lading uh, <laughs> chat here before we get into the aspects of personal branding is I uh, communicate regularly. My main business is working with entrepreneurs to launch your podcasts. Mm -hmm. I know most of my competitors. I'm friends with some of them. I mm -hmm. feature some of my direct competitors on my podcast. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm not only happy to do that. I'm thrilled to do that because I recognize that there are mutual opportunities. One of my great yeah. clients came from a competitor who mm -hmm. had this prospect show up on their board. And even though that, that prospect checked off all their boxes, mm -hmm. something about it just didn't quite seem to fit. But mm -hmm. the pieces that weren't seeming to fit, for some reason, made this competitor think of me. So they mm -hmm. referred him over and they became a client that's gone great. Yeah. Well, that's that I, you know, I literally kind of thought to myself, you know, maybe I should, yeah, like you said, change the way I was thinking about it because I, um, I do think, yeah, I mean, I've been on panels with other personal branding people and we literally say the completely different things, our ideas and what kind of makes our businesses tick and, and, and go like the very, very different, um, foundations really that someone that's going to like what I say and what I do is not somebody that, you know, that, that will like somebody else and vice versa. Like they, they come to you for a reason. Um, so yeah, I, I completely agree. So I'm probably, I'm going to go talk to my, you know, my uh, colleague and say, you know, what? you can go and talk to, you know, post there some of their stuff when it's really good. Cause yeah, yeah. totally different people. Yeah. One of the podcasts that I follow. Uh, it's the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast by Dan Janelle, who's actually mm -hmm. one of our clients, and he's one of what we call our reachers. He has interviewed over 100 people on mm -hmm. various topics related to writing your book. One of the, well, writing, publishing, marketing, etc. One mm -hmm. of them said, when you're doing podcast interviews, never say the name of your book. Then another one said, absolutely, repeat your book's name over and over again. So what do you believe? You believe what's authentic to you. So I'm going to tell yeah. you that in my book, which is called Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy. So now you know which side of that I fall on. <laughs> I, I love to tell the story. When I get up on stages around the country, whether it's physical stages or virtual stages or what have you, whether I'm speaking about podcasting, business development, uh, personal growth, whatever it is, many times I find a way to share with the audience that there's something that entrepreneurs have in their business that they really shouldn't. And if they have it, they should get rid of it because they don't need it and they really shouldn't want it. That, of course, mm -hmm. being traffic to their website. Hmm. And you're thinking, what? Did he just say the earth is flat? Well, everybody out there speaks about traffic to their website. Traffic to your website. Traffic to your website. Great way to get commoditized. So I take the contrarian view that that's absolutely the last thing you need or want. What you want instead are visitors to your web pages who are pre-qualified, prepped, and pumped, the three C's of website conversions. Mm -hmm. What I've done is I've taken a concept and I've renamed it. There's a, there's a funny photo that's on the internet. It's of Lindsay Anderson strangling me because I said that you shouldn't have traffic to your website. And she has three different brands that have the word traffic in them. 
So <laughs> I interviewed her on this same podcast once and I find and she finally did get me to admit that businesses should have traffic to their website. But I still made the point that it's simply a matter of branding. It's a matter of making yourself number one in something by taking a different point of view, which to me is an aspect of personal branding. Everybody else is about the traffic to their website. I'm about the visitors to your web pages. I'm just opening another wrinkle of the conversation is standing out. But when you're saying, I don't believe in traffic to your website, you're essentially making people, it's your, that is your hook. So you're like, yeah. you know, we all need that when we're doing like video content and things like that. Um, and yeah, that is your hook. Cause people are going to go, what? Cause it's counterintuitive yes. and they're going to keep listening, uh, watching whatever it is. So, yeah. So I think that, that that's very smart. Right. Right. So it's, it's simply the matter that there may be many others who do what you do. There are a lot of people who work with companies to launch your podcast. There are a lot of personal branding people like you. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, we both, know our competitors, in some cases are friends with our competitors, which is mm -hmm. perfectly fine. And I believe that in reality, there may not be a whole lot new under the sun, but what makes us unique is how we take our brilliance, our passion and our gifts, and we create something special and experience for our mm -hmm. followers, for our fans, for our prospects and for our clients. And to me anyway, that's what personal branding really stands for. So let's get your definition of the term. What is personal branding? And in your words, why should it matter to our audience? Um, well, I always kind of go back to the dictionary of brand. Um, it's essentially using the um, definition of, of a brand itself, but it's basically how someone feels about you as a person, um, whether it's it's when they see you on, on social media, whether it's your website, whether they see you speaking, they see you um, on, on a virtual conference or something like that. It's kind of whatever touch points they have with you, what their gut reaction is. And, you know, it takes many points of touch to actually get someone to really know, like, and trust you. I mean, if you go back to marketing, um, you know, seven plus points before someone's ready to work with you, uh, we kind of think of it as that same kind of thing because no one's just going to see you and you go, Oh my God, where have you, sometimes they might, but where have you been all my life? And I want to give you all my money. Um, it may happen over a conference that they, they see you speak for an hour and you basically say everything that they really know to be true and they want to hear that, that could kind of give them a, give you a shortcut uh, to that no like, and trust factor. But yeah, it's building the no like, and trust factor and it's how people really feel about you. That's important. So mm -hmm. why is it that we can't hide from our personal brand anymore? Because I can do a Google search. I can go down <laughs> that rabbit hole, YouTube, Instagram, whatever it is. And there's so much information. I can see what images are out there about you. Um, yeah, there's so much stuff. And um, I was actually on, um, I was doing another, uh, like a video interview and we were talking, they didn't know about um, the Wayback Machine. And how uh -huh. I can literally go back. I mean, it's how people are getting like really old posts on social media and things like that. You're like, how do they dig up that post? Well, that's how they dig up, dig up the post. Um, so yeah, everything it stays. I mean, you, someone can always find an old email that you deleted. Um, I, one of the biggest things that I think of right now is my very first job. I was working um, for a company we're, uh, at three times square in New York city. And I remember, I don't remember who it was, but they gave me such amazing advice and it was don't send an email or anything. Don't let anything leave your desk, your lips, anything, unless you're comfortable with it being on a billboard in times square. And if you really think about that from a tweet to a post on LinkedIn, um, a photo that you post, that is, if you, if you will own it, then do it. Um, but the, you know, I think, but it went back, it was my very first job. So I've really kept that with me the whole time. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, you know, some, we, we, I mean, we all have typos, things like that, but you just think about what you're putting out there into the world. So you don't have to go, Oh, wow. I wish I hadn't done that. I'm not going to get that job now. Um, uh -huh. it goes back to, I was, um, on LinkedIn, I rarely go on Instagram anymore, but, um, I'm always like scrolling through LinkedIn just to see what people are doing. And somebody posted that Netflix, and I don't know all the details because I just saw it on a post, but Netflix, um, fired 
three people because of some Slack channel that they had through their, you know, net, through the Netflix Slack channel, they had another channel and it was bashing some other employees. Um, and they just were like, that's just not something that we condone and you're gone. Um, so there right. was this whole conversation of like privacy and this kind of thing, but it was on the, the Slack channel for Netflix and all these kind of things. But you, you just really think about it. it goes back to exactly what I was saying. Would they be comfortable if that got out uh-huh. and it was put on a billboard? <laughs> Probably yeah. not. Something and like if the- they were, then they, they need to own the fact that, that the company didn't condone it and they were fired. I mean, maybe they even right. signed something that they didn't even realize because who reads these giant books that you need to sign before you start a job? But maybe something on there said that we don't condone this. And I agree to not do this. So you just need to think about all that. Yeah. Uh, an example I'm thinking of, I mean, this happened with a friend of mine. They had a, a contractor, like a virtual assistant. And this mm-hmm. virtual assistant posted something on their Facebook profile uh, calling a, a political figure that they didn't like a lot of really bad names. Mm-hmm. And the, when they had a conversation with their contractor, the contractor said, well, I'm, I'm just expressing my views, my personal view. And my friend had to explain to them that I believe the way they phrase it is, uh, you may think that this is just your personal view. And you may not think that something like this could affect me as your client. But the reason we're having this conversation is because somebody who's a prospect in my business knows you work with me, saw what you posted and brought the question to me. Hmm. That, yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I, I think that there's a thing of like, well, I can I can do this because it's my view and right. um, all this sort of stuff. And, and I you have to be willing to deal with the consequences of anything that you post, because um, it literally, I, I, I always say, whenever we, you know, bring on somebody new, because um, obviously they take on the personas of a client, it is not our job to ever assume anything. We, you know, we never talk about anything political. If there is anything that has anything political to to deal with it we leave it alone unless of course they are political and we know what what we're dealing with and how they stand on a subject but most of my clients they're you know executives they're investors and they do not want to go down that path it is just not something that that they want to do and i think that is completely fine and um you know yeah i just if you are going to do that, you need to own it and not be shocked with the consequences. Yeah. So if you, so if you want to take uh, hard or extreme political views on one mm-hmm. side or the other, and the way you phrase things ends up blowing out half your prospects, yep. then you've got to be comfortable with the idea that your company is going to your personal brand, which reflects on your company brand, is mm-hmm. now going to appeal to only one market segment. And right. another market segment is not only going to be repelled by it, they're going to cite it as an example of what never to do business with. Are you okay with that? Hey, if you are, and you believe you can just go narrow and deep on a certain niche, then do it. But what I'm hearing yeah. you saying is understand there are consequences and make your own personal decision as to whether or not you're prepared to work with those consequences. Right. And stick to it. No, yeah. there's, there's, there are consequences. You may not um, may, nothing may, may happen because of it, but something might, and, you know, own it, oh, own it. Like, that's just it. If you're going to put yourself out there and you are going to say something that you believe in, own it, stand up for it or don't say it at all. Yeah. I, uh, one of the things that the business creators radio show is known for among its devotees is that depending on the topic, depending on the guest, and depending on my mood that day, I may, I may just go off on a rant that may involve using some naughty words. Uh, (laughs) There are some episodes that do that. This may or may not happen in this episode. I don't know. I'm not feeling it today, but let's see what happens. Uh, And I have gotten a couple questions about that. And I say, well, that's, that's authentically who I am. And if, uh, and if you can't handle me having a conversation where I express myself that way, you're probably not going to work out as a client either because it, it only intensifies when we get to that point. So mm-hmm. I'm putting out there what I view as an attractive energy. Uh, mm-hmm. People, uh, I'm looking for the people who see that and say, yeah, he's my kind of people. I could right. have fun with him. Mm-hmm. And, and those were 
I'm going to have to be concerned and measure every word to make sure that things are phrased correctly. There's a reason yeah. I don't work in corporates. Yeah. So well, that's, that, that's me. That's me understanding my consequences. There are certain right. folks that are going to be ultra sensitive in my view that mm-hmm. are not going to be able to handle that. So to hell with them. Right. No, I'm I mean, being I, nude. I could have said something worse, but I'm being nice <laughs> today. As I said, I'm feeling good. I, I mean, I lived in New York for many years and, and, you know, the, I, the, I just kind of cut to the chase. I mean, um, I am, I was born and raised a California girl and in Texas and obviously we're very polite, but when I moved to New York, I was like, wow, I just love how everyone's just so direct and to the point. And I just, it's so refreshing. Um, so that, that is like very much who I am. And it is the energy that I put out that I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> Right. Like, yeah. If I think something's not working, I'm going to be like, yeah, it's not working. If I think what you wore in a photo shoot, you know, what you want to wear in one of our branding shoots, I'm going to be like, yeah, that's really not the direction that we want to go in because of X, Y, and Z. I might say it in a nice way, but it's just, I'm not going to not say what I want because there's a reason why they hired me. It's because I'm opinionated. It's because I know what I'm doing mm-hmm. and I know how to position people. So I would be doing my clients a disservice if I wasn't truthful, even if it hurt. You know, so. I had a I had a client over 10 years ago and their modus operandi was anytime I gave them a recommendation or we worked out a place we were going to go. Uh, and this is one, one of my other businesses. They would, they would uh, say, but so-and-so who's a friend of mine says you should do it this different way. Okay, so the first time I entertained it as a challenge question, just to make sure we were on the right path. Mm-hmm. The second time, I thought it was amusing because they just wanted to show off who all their, who all their big and bad friends were. Mm-hmm. The third time, I told them that if they think that literally everybody else in the world is right and I'm wrong, why the hell are they working with me? Go, go if you have their cell phone number, text them now and see if, and see if you can afford their rates. Mm-hmm. And after, after that, they, uh, they became much more measured and constantly screening everything I said through other people's lenses. Yeah. Because at that point, I just made it clear that I really wasn't that interested. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I have a certain way of doing things. It resonates with some people and it doesn't resonate with other people. And I'm not only okay with that, I bask in that because it means I have a happier life overall. Well, I mean, sometimes, you know, um, I, I actually did a recent video um, And it talks about people, I don't want to have a client with unrealistic expectations. Yeah. I'm literally, you know, you build it, they will come. I think of all the cliches that Uh are in the world. The reason why they exist is because there are people that literally think that, you know, you will show up one day and everyone's going to stop, turn around and beg to work with you. It doesn't exist. The, you know, if you think about somebody like you bringing on a new client to start a new podcast, it's not like they're going to like instantly dethrone the top person in that industry just no. by starting their first podcast. So Bingo. you really need to have a realistic expectation. It doesn't mean there's not an ROI. And that's sometimes the problem. You get people that are so focused on the ROI and they forget mm-hmm. kind of the reason for doing it. You have a personal brand. You can either be in control of it or not. I think you should be in control of it, you know? And I, another thing I think about for personal branding, instead of constantly thinking about being an ROI, what am I going to get back? When am I going to get these speaking, um, these speaking engagements? When am I going to get my book deal? When am I going to get these things? Instead of going me, 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 your personal brand, really, even though I said, it's how people feel about you. It's, it's not about you. People don't, think, you know, they're not sitting there making these judgments about you because of, of, of maybe the shirt that you wear or whatever. It's how are you making them feel right. um, your ideal audience? If you are giving them great information, if you come from a from, you know, position of altruism where you are literally like, how can I serve my ideal audience so that I gain the no like, and trust, because that's your goal. Your goal is so everyone's like, I, you know, I may not want to work with this person, but I respect them. I might recommend, recommend them to somebody else. I do. I do know them. I know that what they're about. I do trust them in this certain way. Maybe I don't want to work with them. Just like we were saying before, but you have to build that through giving good information, giving good content, sharing your expertise. And I think that's one of the things that people kind of forget. And, And I don't think a lot of people quite frankly are talking about. 
that you know you need to give before you can get the, yeah. the getting something from your personal brand is a byproduct of giving great information and getting uh-huh. gaining somebody's trust if you don't do that i mean it's like that you know i mean think about like if you went on a date with someone who's like really weird and they were like i want to like have 10 children and get married tomorrow like, <laughs> you're not going to marry that person because it's creepy and and it's the right. same weird neediness of jumping into social media and being like, why don't I have all these followers? It's yeah. weird and creepy. <laughs> well, uh, with, with our podcast reach system, if if somebody's coming to us and their primary goal is to get tons of listeners and downloads and rack up and rack up incremental advertising revenue, they're mm-hmm. probably not our best fit client. Mm-hmm. Uh, the podcast reach system is designed for the entrepreneur or the company that wants to use their podcast to open conversations that lead to business relationships. I also phrase it as open conversations to close deals. So the mo- so if we want to speak about podcast monetization, I view that there are two ways to do it. Well, actually, there's more than two. I have a whole ebook on these, but here are the two that are really pertinent to our conversation. Number one, it's my way of opening conversations with folks that otherwise I might not be able to reach. So instead of offering a free strategy session or manufacturing a conversation through DMs that inevitably leads to hopping on Zoom real quick so I can tell you what I'm doing and hope you volunteer yourself. So, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I lead with, hey, hey, uh, hey, Claire, uh, nice, to, nice to connect with you. I happen to have a podcast. Would you like to be on it? That gets a lot of yeses. Mm-hmm. So that's, so that's one piece of it. And opening those relationships is a big piece of the monetization strategy. You close the bigger deals and you get mm-hmm. the connections, the relationships that incrementally and exponentially grow your business. Now, mm-hmm. the other piece of it, if you want to speak about advertising and sponsorship revenue, you know, if, you, if you're looking to get that $10 at a time, whatever, which is really what those little pay-per-click things pay, then just put your little podcast on your little pod bean and play with their algorithms until you get there. If you want to, if you want to build something that is going to be the spearhead for your celebrity expert personal brand, that's mm-hmm. going to attract one or two whale sponsors who are going to come to you and say, we see that you are a leader and you're followed by many people in this audience that we're trying to reach. We're not your direct competitor. We would love to sponsor 100 of your episodes. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of sponsor that I want people to get. Yeah. Well, and that's built by the, the no like and trust factor. The fact that they are like, okay, I see that, you know, the, 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 um, you know, breakdown of your audience. I can, I understand that. And yeah, you worked really hard to build it. It doesn't just happen immediately. Right. You have to actually show up consistently and give great information. So yeah, it's, it's exactly the same. Yeah. The the show we're on right now, the business creators radio show is one of the longest continuously running weekly entrepreneurial podcasts on the air today. Mm -hmm. Now you may be thinking, wow, that's a bold statement. But the fact is we have produced a new episode every single week. In some cases, when we got our can got really full, we were doing two a week Mm -hmm. since September of 2013. That's well nigh eight years now. And that, and if you take that, entrepreneurial podcast that runs weekly and pick nine others i can all but guarantee that we've been on the air longer than nine of them mm-hmm. or rather eight of them because i said nine so eight of them mm-hmm. yeah so that so that yeah. to me is a, an, an absolutely factual statement that i've tested myself many times and has proven to be the case so that's part of our angle if we were to actually seek that type of sponsor i'm not really interested in optimizing my listeners and downloads and demonstrating yeah. stuff through Google. I, I could, I could give a rat's ass about Google analytics candidly, other than the intelligence it gets me about what time of day to do stuff. Really. Uh, <laughs> what I'm, what I'm, I, I, that's just my opinion. I'm more, I'm more interested in business creators radio show being a phrase that rolls off people's tongues all the time mm-hmm. to the point where some whale of an advertiser is going to catch onto that and say, we would like to put banners all over the Business Creators Radio Show's website, and we're willing to pay you a hefty fee for that. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. 
Yep. It's the, yeah, but that, that's all again, built with yeah. the, with the trust and consistency Yeah. Um, that, you know, a lot of people don't, they just don't, they don't, they don't realize it. They think, oh yeah. my God, even though you may not, you know, someone may have just found you, where did this guy come from? Oh my God. Like he's amazing. Oh, I love this. Where, how, why haven't I heard him? Yeah. It's that go and do your homework. <laughs> Cause again, like yes. you said, you're going to find out that you've been doing this since 2013. You've been putting, putting um, at least one podcast out a week, like all of that stuff. And you're like, yeah, that is why that is, you know, it may have you, you know, you just may have crossed somebody's radar for the first time, but that doesn't mean that, that you didn't, you know, put in all the legwork. And I think that's one of the most important things that um, people need to realize where they, I don't think they want to realize it. They think I made, that there I've made to tons of, <laughs> I've made tons of money off this show, but a bit, but it's not, but it's not by counting clicks and running ads. It's yeah. through the networking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 how we do it. Uh, and what I well, that's relationship I, building, yeah, which relationship, essentially relationship building and branding. And I have people yeah. come to the show all the time because they heard about it. And I've lost count of how many cases that I, I interviewed somebody. And then not two weeks later, after that episode runs, I see somebody show up who does the exact same thing as this other person I interviewed does. So mm-hmm. they saw their competitor here. They want to be here, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I mentioned to you that we have a lot of episodes that are about branding, whether it's corporate branding, personal branding, entrepreneurial branding, startup branding, what have you. Right. And I, 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 will, set, I will set my watch to another branding episode running one month after yours. Yeah. I'll set well, my I watch mean- to it. Yeah. Well, and it, and it, the thing is, is that I'm sure all of us say different things. We have a different yep. tax. We have a different um, kind of core values that, again, the people that come to me and come to my company, that's what they look, that's what they're looking for. They're like, oh, you finally get it. There's a lot of people that, that you know, they're very into just building. Um, yeah. The, 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 essentially the, the, what your messaging is going to be only we don't do that it's a very holistic approach to really just the whole thing your the look and feel um branding how you look your brand uh, photos to the type of content that you're that you're producing who is your target audience there's so many elements that go into what we do um it's just it's not very it's not one-sided but we because i came from a corporate marketing and branding background that's how i brand people so there's a yeah. lot of people that don't have that, you know, in their back pocket. And yeah, so I basically, my team that, that you know, we are the marketing department. Um, for, you guys kind of look at us like a fractional marketing department for people. Yeah. That's essentially what we do. We are, I don't, there's, yeah, like there's little, there's certain aspects that other personal branding experts and um, other people do, but we literally, when we bring on a client, we are their marketing department. We are a fractional marketing and branding department. Right. Um, just really doing everything from PR to, to everything. It's just, there's so many elements of the things that we do. So I definitely think they're, um, you know, it, what, what I do is not going to resonate with some people and vice versa. And that is fine. I'm a straight shooter. There's no way around that. <laughs> exactly. So even in, in some technology brands I'm familiar with, you see a lot of personal branding. Like there's one yes. company and we interviewed this guy on business creators radio show, I think two years ago, his name's Ethan Butte. And he has a mm-hmm. company called bomb bomb, which mm-hmm. is one of the services out there that enables you to send video emails. So, yeah. but when I think of that, I think of Ethan. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a we have a, somebody I interviewed on my other show. His name's Eric Cades, and uh, he's uh, he's he has something called Text Chat, which is a new view on how to add live chat to your website, plus some other things. And in right. both case, in both cases, I can see their I can see their perfect silver hair and their perfect beatific smile, beatific smiles, you know, beautiful. Yeah. And uh, and I think of the human being. Yeah. that I interacted with for those brands more than I well, think of the brand name itself. Well, I, I mean, I worked for SAP. Um, most people know SAP. It's a, you know, a software middleware, um, definitely B2B. And um, it's obviously all across the world, headquartered out of Germany. But we had, you know, there was lots, there were the executives there, um, 
you know, they, a lot of people were, they were, had like fans, like when we go to the Sapphire conference and, and things like that, they'd be like, oh my God, I cannot wait till they speak and, and this kind of thing. And I did a lot of, um, of the activations for our sponsorships department where we, yeah. we did a lot of, um, the sponsorships for uh, Formula One and things like that. And Hasso Plotner, who's one of the original founders, he was definitely one of the ones everyone was like, oh my God, is Hasso going to be here? Is Hasso going to be here? And they had their brand. I mean, definitely with Hasso, because he was a founder, you know, he really solidified that. And he continued, even though he was no longer an active um, executive at the time, but he, people wanted to see him because he had that kind of that cult of personality that we think about with, yep. um, you know, we think about that with Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, all, you know, all of these, uh -huh. like, a lot. And, and that is what they do. We want to, how did you get to where you are? What can I learn from you? Again, going back to that expertise, sharing this information that can maybe, you know, make us the next, whatever, whoever it is, how did they get there? And if you, I was actually talking, um, to somebody about this today and if you think of like like elon musk you'd be like oh my god yeah like i just i only found out about him because of tesla but i mean i i literally was watching the original um iron man and he was on it yeah I and you're like how do so he was building his personal brand way back then i think he was a original um you know investor in in paypal yes um yeah and so he was building his personal brand way back then because there's no way they would have asked him to be on iron man if they didn't know who he was if he didn't have this cult of personality that he built and that is the kind of thing that you know that we need to remember well if you think of Elon Musk, this is a guy who smoked a joint on Joe Rogan's podcast and hosted Saturday Night Live. Mm -hmm. But the only reason he did that is because, you know, yeah. He, That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can we name all the rest of the founders of PayPal? I can't. Um, Peter Thiel is, okay. was involved in it. And yeah. uh, he's gone on to do a number of other things. Uh, he's, he's, been involved in other startups he but if you think been about some in of these... he's been involved in political activism but when yeah. you hear the name peter thiel you normally don't think paypal as much as you think of uh if you think of his work in terms of political advocacy 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 for um for gay entrepreneurs and things that he's passionate about yeah well and but that's but again you you just yeah it's it's building that personal brand. So, I mean, obviously, Steve, you know, Wozniak versus Jobs, uh -huh. total of different personal brands. Wozniak, yeah, I mean, they, they had different goals. They were different people. Um, I think Wozniak was definitely wanting to be more kind of like, you know, on the sidelines, dealing with the tech, things like that. But you, you know, the, that is why some become more well-known because they're comfortable with it. They like it. They are consistent with it. They probably hire someone to help them. Um, and that's how they get there. Other people get there because yes, they, they become known because of, of advocacy or, or something that they do. They get known within certain communities, things like that. But the wide, um, being widely well-known is really consistently working on that personal brand to be widely popular. Right. In the time we have left, we've discussed a lot about entrepreneurial uh, personal branding, mm -hmm. but one of the things that I have a real passion and flair for is people in careers who are mm -hmm. moving up uh, through management level, director level, who see themselves heading toward the C-suite. And tell me your thoughts on the importance of personal branding for them, because I really don't think it has to do with how they edit their resume anymore. I mean, I think most people get their jobs um, from relationships and, right? and being and being known, um, you know, getting speaking engagements, going to special events, being part of exclusive clubs, groups. Um, and all of that sort of stuff. And that is done by your personal brand. You're not in going to get into y YPO if you don't have a great personal brand and everything to back it up. You, you know, if you think about, and, and obviously some of these groups like offer great connections. Um, and so, you know, I mean, if you, if you, even if you go way back to college, um, that's your personal brand working on yeah. getting grades, getting, working hard to get, um, you know, do really well on tests, writing a good essay, 
um, making sure that everything really spoke to what your goals were and why you're going to be the best candidate, why you needed to go to this school. So some yeah. people did it really well. Some people didn't. Some people thought about it all along the way. Some people didn't. And that's kind of the same thing. So I don't know. I mean, you can always, um, you know, share content, create content. There's nothing that says you can't share a blog or your ideas about a particular subject as long as you're, um, it doesn't share trade secrets or anything that's like, uh, you know, sure. <laughs> that, that sort of thing. But, you know, I think there's always a way to differentiate yourself from the rest of your competitors, if you will, in that space that may be looking for a job um, and, you know, networking, networking is a great, but again, when I mentioned what your personal brand is, it's how people feel about you in person, online, the whole thing. If you really think about how you, um, I mean, everything, if you, if you take somebody and you have like a million screens up, let's just think about that. You look at their website, you do a Google search on them. You look at their Twitter profile, you look at their LinkedIn profile, you get yep. a feeling about somebody. And if you kind of put people kind of against each other, you're just like, well, which person would I want to meet? Which one person would I want to hire? Yeah. And think about how you can really just present yourself um, and information that you can share and um, give to the community. You, know, you can build a personal brand by just commenting and being part of a community. You can belong to groups and things like that. Instead of kind of thinking about it from a way that we do, where we're creating content, we're trying to kind of work thinking about people as marketing them. You can think about it from a different level of networking within your, within your community, whatever that community is that will help you get to that next level. Think about your personal yeah. brand and in, in, in leveraging that to build a network. I think that's yeah. a great way to look at it to get into the C-suite. Right, right. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> I, I agree with all that entirely. And what we're starting to see is folks who are on corporate trajectories take personal branding to a level that you would normally associate, at least up until now, you might normally associate with entrepreneurial types where mm -hmm. they have published books, where they took the time to actually get it published by a major house or yes. it, at minimum did a very <clears throat> serious job of creating a real book that's available on retailers like Amazon. Uh, yeah. They, in some cases, they host podcasts. Uh, we are, we are it, with a podcast reach system, we're making some inroads in that area as well. People who have corporate aspirations, who use their podcasts as a way of demonstrating their value to an employer. And one of the changes that we've seen happen, at least since I uh, left school and entered the world is, you know, I was raised in the, in the eighties and nineties. And I, you know, that was still when we were taught that you, know, you find a company and you work your way up the ladder and uh, you, know, you stay there for 40 years, you focus on loading your 401k and you retire with your gold watch and your couch and your, uh, your gold watch and your, and your, cottage in Fort Lauderdale. And by the time I, by the time I uh, jumped out uh, and really got into it after I got my MBA in 2002, it had already at that point switched to, oh, somebody's looking to look at your resume and see you were at the same company for five years. And you're going to wonder what the hell were you doing just sitting there? Mm -hmm. So wh while I was in MBA school, I, uh, I had a full-time job working for a managed care organization. I worked at first in the, the training community relations department. After I finished the MBA, I actually caught the entrepreneurial bug. I did the interviews and the networking, everything, got job offers, had a company that wasn't even officially hiring, was going to create a position for me based on my MBA portfolio. I turned it all down because I uh, caught an opportunity to do some work with a training development firm owned by a friend of mine that led to entrepreneurship. So I didn't know what I didn't know, and I didn't know questions asked by then. So mm -hmm. it took me two years to get that thing to the point where I could live off of it. And so in the meantime, at the company I worked at, I got promoted diagonally. So into a, into a completely different department that if you looked at it on paper, it wouldn't make sense. But what I wasn't blabbing about at work is that my actual aspirations were going a different way. And I kept having people say to me, what are you still doing here? Why do you still work here? Uh, I thought you had an MBA. Why are you doing that job? Well, part of the reason I was doing that job is because it got me out of the office at four o'clock every day. Mm -hmm. That that was part of the reason I did that job. Uh, I was working on branding and development elsewhere. 
And we see even more of that with people who are in the corporate world who have yeah. side hustles and who have ventures and yeah. the folks who uh, work at the director level and the C-suite level who, and also a lot of people who teach in universities as professors who keep a consulting firm open with their shingle out at all times. Mm-hmm. I definitely think the last like, you know, 20 years taught a lot of people that, you know, you can't trust your employer anymore and that you need to have you know, <laughs> you need to be able to, to jump to something else. I mean, definitely last year taught so many people that, that were like, oh, wow, I need to change kind of the way I'm doing things because if this ever happens again, what, you know, I, 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 I don't like that feeling. So yeah, having backup plans, having a side hustle that, you know, trying to work on it um, to make it your main thing. So that's another that great way that people use their personal brand when they are, they are, you know, an executive at a company, if they don't want to necessarily do that for the rest of their life, they can kind of work um, a little quietly, essentially on their, their personal brand elsewhere. But yeah, if you, if you're looking to stay within the corporate world, using your personal brand, you have to be mindful, obviously. um, And your employer probably has to know if you're going to be writing a book and things like that. It's, it's a little, there's just a little bit more to navigate yeah, um, it's if, if particularly if it's in industry, because one yeah. of the concerns, and this was expressed to me, uh, really comes down to trade secrets. Yes. Uh, like my employer was concerned I was going to share their trade secrets. Like mm-hmm. you're a managed care organization. I'm involved in training and development. Other than maybe a couple anecdotes for the two, from the two years I worked in your training department, and believe me, it's nothing new under the sun. I what you do here is not relevant to what I'm chasing. Right. So yeah. Yeah. So, but that's, that's always a concern. And so it's, it should be, you know, a conversation that you have just so that you're, yeah, they know you and, and you kind of know the boundaries and, and work within those. And yeah, I mean, there are two, two ways to do it to either work on the side hustle or to work on, you know, getting to that next level. But yeah, yeah your personal brand is always going to be important because everyone's always going to, when you're looking at for a job or someone's going to hire you, they're always going to compare you to somebody else, a competitor and whatever. And, you know, you want to basically have your best, you know, your best information out there about you. You want people to not be concerned. Is this person really an expert? Is this the best choice? You know, you want to basically have all this information and things that people can go to and say, you know what, this is the best choice. This yeah. person is, is by far the best. Yeah. Well, um, and here's, here's something I want to, bring up because it's tangential, but I think it's pertinent. My second job after I finished my undergrad degree was working as a recruiter for a temporary staffing agency. And this was the company, this is a company where if they found out that you interviewed with one of their competitors, they would just fire you. Oh, wow. Uh, if they, if they got suspicious that you were getting a little too friendly with somebody who worked for one of their competitors, they would deem that an interview and fire you. Hmm. If you gave your notice you didn't have to give two weeks. It was just a matter of, okay, I'm done because they, because their view was, well, if you're not a hundred percent with us and you're not with us at all, so get out. Uh, and what part of what this translated to is there was one time I, uh, got hurt while working out and it was so bad. I went to the emergency room. People who know me and know my feelings on traditional medicine know that I had to be in some kind of pain to go to an ER. Mm-hmm. So I didn't make it to work the next day because I couldn't lift my arm. Well, I got nine calls from the office over the course of the day. One of them was about how I had the wrong password sent for my voicemail. And another one was about they were looking for a file that actually was sitting on my desk. And I told them so, mm-hmm. which, which generated itself another telephone call about where the file should have been. You want to guess what they were doing? Uh, ch- giving your job to somebody else? <laughs> Nope. They were, they were checking in with me every hour to make sure I was actually home and not interviewing with the competition. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, my point is in this day and age, if you work for a company that behaves like that, just give the two weeks notice and leave immediately Yeah. because there are many companies out there that will respect that you have a personal brand that will respect that you don't view your work as just a job or a paycheck, but as something where you want to make a difference and you want to bring your brilliance and your passion to the table. And they also recognize that you may have more than one source of income. So you may have that other business you're also doing and they may know about it. 
And they're not necessarily going to interpret that as, well, they're disloyal or, well, they're just trying to start a business and eventually they're going to quit on us. That's right. not necessarily going to be the automatic assumption because yeah. we've moved to a place where the idea of somebody having a corporate career and having a business also is not that unusual anymore. Right. Well, I was thinking that something that, um, you know, I, I saw like a, a LinkedIn video that Gary V posted and, and someone was asking, like, how can I keep people, um, my employees working with me? I, he's like, I, I, I hire someone and I keep firing all these people because they suck. And basically, Gary was like, no one's going to work as hard as you because it's not their business. And you really don't probably pay them enough. So it's just, so you want to pay people, a, you know, a good amount, treat people really well, so that they don't want to leave. And that, that I think is a really important thing. You need to give people, uh, you know, space. They need to have autonomy. They need to feel that they're valued, all of these things. Um, but yeah, if you, if someone's like constantly looking over, you know, looking over their shoulder and be like, oh my God, are they, are they trying to interview somewhere else? Are they going to leave? Like who needs that? <laughs> that I, I'm, I'm surprised that company actually kept people in, you know, in the job because yeah, it's, it didn't. They yeah, didn't. It's, um, it's I can. Too, it's too difficult. You know, actually, you're working actually, there and you're <laughs> constantly freaking out. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote about this in a chapter I contributed to Journeys to Success and Millennial Edition. I, I lasted there eight months and sixteen days. Uh, when I interviewed there, I was told that one of the perks of being there for a year is they would put your name on the front door, and I was. I didn't know what I didn't know. And there was a level of desperation to me wanting to move into this, that uh -huh. it, I didn't take the time to notice that the names on the door were the founder, the co-founder, the person who became my supervisor, who was the boss's daughter. And I mean that with the worst possible connotation and the administrative assistant, hmm. but yet they had 20 employees. By the time I right. left eight months and 16 days later, I think I recognized about four out of those 20 people that I that yeah. were there on day one. So, uh, in fact, after about the six month mark, I began to sense what I recognized retrospectively as definite signs that if I didn't pick up and move on my own, they were going to make up something to get rid of me. And ultimately they did by mm -hmm. making up a complete lie that I made a rolling hand gesture at the boss's daughter, which I didn't. Crazy. Because yeah. I wouldn't pick, because I wouldn't pick up and move. So they were paranoid about people going to the competition, but at the same time, they drove people to competition. In fact, you want to speak about their competition in that market? was populated by their former employees. I was so even crazy. told, I was even told when I was looking to break into that industry by one of their competitors, they said, look, we don't have a position for you right now, but if this other firm, the one I ended up working for, offers you a position, take it, let, stay there a year, and then call me, and I'll probably have room for you then. In other words, what they were saying is, I'm going to let my competitor train you. It's crazy that they couldn't even see that yeah. <laughs> that they were doing that. That's insane. Exactly. So the reason we bring that up is because I, I just want to express for our listeners that what, what Claire and I are sharing is very important, that a lot of this stuff, if it even exists anymore, you don't have to tolerate it. There are many places that will welcome you with your personal brand, will actually give you opportunities to glow with that personal mm -hmm. brand. So seek out more of what serves you and move away from what doesn't serve you. And you're going to have a better time in life. So Definitely. that's, that's where I think is a great place to end up. Now, Claire, uh, we're at the top of the hour here. And before we go, I just, I know that you know, we do have listeners who are interested in this whole branding topic. And uh, what do you have to offer them? Like how do they get a hold of you and what do they have to look forward to? Um, they can go to my website, clairebon.com, C-L-A-I-R-E-B-A-H-N.com. Um, I have a free personal branding masterclass um, uh -huh. that you can sign up for. And I give you guys, a, you know, give people a lot of great information to just really jumpstart that personal brand, really actionable things to just get started right now. Um, and I think that's, you know, th that's a great place to start. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So it's www. Or maybe it's a www or maybe not, but clairebond.com. Yes. And, uh, and right now there's a link that says free masterclass. Click mm -hmm. on that and you'll see the big purple button and you can claim <laughs> that right now. I may go check yeah. it out myself as soon as I have yeah. some, some downtime. So yeah. Claire Bond, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and believe me in education. Thank you so much for having me, Adam. It's been a lot of fun. 
We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.